welcome back to the Cinema Lounge where we chill and talk about movies and TV shows. Now we're going to add trailers to the mix. I'm your host, Garrett Inman, uh, your host today, tomorrow, and forever until I die or the podcast stops or I don't know what what have you. Um, But for today... um, I was going to do an episode on something Thanksgiving related. Uh, I was going to either like, I don't know, talk, find a Thanksgiving movie to talk about or list my top five favorite uh, Thanksgiving movies. Then I realized I haven't seen hardly any Thanksgiving movies. So instead, I was going to try to find something more along the lines of uplifting, wholesome movies to make you feel good going into this time of thanks and thanksgiving um so i started to prepare a list of movies that i thought would be good to just kind of uplift your spirit uplift your attitude something to just sit down and share with the family um and then i remembered that there's this wee little thing that was coming out uh, that came out this past week that apparently was a big deal (laughs) uh which was the spider-man no way home trailer and everybody and their mothers have been posting about it and have seen it including me uh and everyone's been hyping this up i wasn't gonna i don't know i haven't thought about doing trailer reactions or discussions but this is like a it's a landmark movie. Well, we can call it that, I suppose. It is a very, it's a very big movie. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> Everybody has been loving this trailer. They've been hyped up about it. And it, granted, if I had loved this trailer, I probably wouldn't be making this episode because it's kind of boring to just be like, oh, everyone else loves this trailer and I'm going to sit here and watch it and be like, <gasps> what oh my god you you know if you watch any trailer reactions for pretty much any marvel trailer or any big trailer that's usually how it goes with most people is they just sit here and they're like what oh my gosh what Ah, what you know like over the top um, I've even heard some accusations leveled at some folks who watched the trailer before they filmed the reaction. I, I'm not, I don't know anything about that, but I've only, out of all the reactions I've seen and the people talking about it, I've only seen two, well, three negative reactions or reactions that weren't like Disney take my money. <laughs> I can't wait for this movie. Like the hype is through the roof for most people. Three people were more moderate. Uh, two were YouTubers. One was a buddy of mine who liked the trailer initially, and then re- after like 24 hours, rethought his opinions, uh, his wrong opinion. No, I'm kidding. No, he he kind of just the more he sat on it, the more he changes his mind on it. But Sean Chandler talks about was very, I guess, lukewarm might be the best word, where he's still excited but just has a lot of worries for it. And I'm also kind of going to reference his video a little bit in today's discussion of the trailer and then uh adam does movies adam olinger he had a very negative reaction to it and my reaction uh to this trailer was just kind of a resounding "Eh, it's a movie trailer i guess (laughs) 
Um, so let's, and I, I, I literally set this up in like five seconds. This is this little setup, which does not look great. It's not the greatest, but it will do, it will, it will work for what we're going to do today, which is just kind of, I guess, going over the trailer a little bit. I'm not even really sure because I, oop, I know, uh, I know uh, Sony doesn't take kindly to people watching the trailer and doing trailer reactions and yet people still continue to do it so <laughs> um i guess i'll just watch it real quick with you guys and i might stop it i might not we'll see where i end up we're gonna skip the stupid first off side note quit doing the stupid trailer for the trailer things because that it just spoils anything that's like going to be mildly exciting because it's like oh yeah Oh, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Electro. Oh, wait, that, that was the trailer for the trailer. Who cares? <laughs> like, who cares? Uh, anyway, all right. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life is... Actually, hold on. While I'm thinking about it, I'm going to use a little sneaky sneak to uh, ensure that I'm going to be allowed to do this. Hopefully, hold on. Actually, no, that's going to be... I was going to flip the entire image, but that's going to that's gonna take too long. Let, let's just... We'll go with it. <laughs> I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. And we got some swinging action, a little train. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man... Then, you know, Doctor Strange blaming the child first off, you know, it, it, and here's kind of like where the first issue comes up for me is just the premise in general. And this is something that Sean has also talked about, but I don't like the premise of this movie. It just seems way too childish and like not in a good way. Like the old Sam Raimi movies, yes, they are kind of childish. They're super goofy, but in this very, this very corny way that makes it endearing. You know, this is just like stylized. Not even style. It's just straight up big blockbuster spectacle nothingness. And uh, when you like go and look at the premise. The premise uh, of this is that is that Peter, after a week, it it seems I think judging by what Peter said at the beginning of the trailer, it it's been a week of MJ knowing that he's Spider Man, and it it's taken him a week to where he's like, oh, this is too hard. I can't I can't do this. Uh, it would just be better if everyone were to forget that I was Spider-Man. So he goes to Doctor Strange and is like, Life is so hard. Can you just make everyone forget that I'm Spider-Man? And Doctor Strange, being uh, a rational adult in this situation, instead of going, that you, you're going to have to live with it, pal. <laughs> just, you, just live with it. Deal with it. Everyone I know knows who I am. You know, like, life is hard for all of us. Suck it up, kid. That's life. Doctor Strange instead goes, Well, yeah, I'm gonna cast a spell then. And then 
this spell messes up because Peter's just like, oh, well, I didn't think this through all the way, so I'm going to loudly talk about... <laughs> I'm going to loudly talk about all the problems and the lo the logistical fallacies that I completely ignored in trying to do this. Which then messes up the spell and makes things worse. It's it's just really dumb, in my opinion, and really childish. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I know there's been some speculation that, ooh, Doctor Strange is actually secretly the, uh, the scroll dude from... Uh, Captain Marvel, Ben Mendelsohn's character, Talos, that's his name, and I'm like, sure, but what the crap would Talos be doing on Earth as Doctor Strange, and where the heck would Doctor Strange be, and what would necessitate that, um, so it's just, it's a weird premise, and I don't like it, <laughs> alright, let's just, Goblin Bomb, We saw this in the first trailer. Lightning, Electro, yeah, black suit Spider-Man again. Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. <laughs> A little weird. Why'd you take your mask off? Um, I'm sorry. What was your boom. name again? <laughs> this is a bit another thing that I just I'm I like. Why is that funny? <laughs> why why is that funny? And I don't know if it's just my style of humor is changing, but just watching that and is oh, what's your name? My name is Dr. Otto Octavius. And it might just be that Otto Octavius is a very popular name because of Doc Ock to where we can you know, we live in a world where we can seriously with straight face just be like Oh yeah, Doc Ock is fighting Spider-Man. That sounds pretty dope. But they also live in a world where all this is real. So I don't know why Otto Octavius is a funny name. It's it's pretty normal, all things considering Peter Parker working for... Uh, oh, where does he work in these movies? I don't know. You know, Tony Stark. Ned Leeds. Yeah, bully Ned Leeds for that name. <laughs> like... They're just comic book names. Uh, I don't know. And it, even still, it's not that funny anyways, because it's just, I don't know. It it didn't make me laugh. I'll just put it that way. There are others out there. We need to send them back. Black suit. So I guess there's some, like, runes. Scooby-Doo this crap. Scooby you know, this oh, crap. this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. <laughs> Every trailer reaction that I've seen, with that, the people react to that line, and they just, they either, like, laugh, like, die laughing, or they they just go, hmm. <laughs> That's a funny line. That's a good line. D I'm sorry. Even if you look at the context of he could be talking about let's unmask the ma this bad guy or, or figure out what's going on. Even with that context uh, that you would have to allow to the trailer and pr hope that that's the context of the movie. 
that's such a freaking cringe line. I'm sorry. Like, I cringed at that. The M, Like, the MJ line, fine, whatever. Just the whole, like, please, Scooby-Doo this crap. Uh, I, I didn't like it. It kind of made me cringe. Not going to lie. Let's keep going. It's Christmas. You're flying like, out into the darkness. That looks like Jim Corson. What do you mean? <laughs> they all die. Spider-Man. Spider First off, just I'm just gonna interject there. Sandman didn't die fighting Spider-Man. Uh, Otto Octavius self-sacrificed himself. He, de he didn't die fighting Spider-Man. Uh, I think that's it on that part. Did I don't I don't think the lizard died. Yeah, no, the lizard got incarcerated in Amazing Spider-Man. So I. I don't know what they're saying with that, or, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, it's a different universe. That, sure. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. You're going to have to murder everybody. Of course, Peter makes a rash decision. That's a knee-jerk reaction. Doesn't think things through. This seems to be a common thread with Tom Holland Spider-Man. I'll get back to that later. But, oh, they all died fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. Sorry. And Sp Peter Parker just immediately goes, yeah, me too. I'm going to steal that thing from you. Look cool little shot. This neat. Oh, there's They're another way. You know, Stark tech on Otto Octavius. Classical Electro. Let's go back to that. So, I think that's like nanotech. Sure, that's neat. Add some little reds to a mostly green character to that. It's nice color coordination. Um, let's get Electro if I if we can't. You're not gonna take this away. Yeah. First off, holy crap, that CGI looks atrocious. But also, it looks like he might have. And there's some red there. Might have some Stark tech, I suppose. And then he's also got the little Peter. classic Electro look. You're struggling to have everything you want. Then we got Green Goblin. I mean, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the original Raimi suit. It does look like a Spider-Man, or not a, 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 a Power Rangers uh, villain. And, like, I guess they did some etching, but I just, like, I literally, right before recording, I found, I refound a video of what they were originally going to use in the Raimi uh, Spider-Man, which was, like, a motion capture uh, mask where the mouth would move and the eyes would move. And it looks so good, looks so creepy and intimidating. And I get why they didn't use it for Raimi, because it's, it's, like, 2000, 2001. It's really new technology. But we're 20 years past that. They really could have just used that because I, I can guarantee more people would have been excited about them using that than just like making some tweaks on the original that most people don't have like a strong opinion on. There's maybe a new goblin thing in there. I'm not even going to go back to that. We got Sandman. This is all my fault. More scaffolding. And then, you know, obviously, obviously there's going to be a Spider-Man there. And, well, I'm not, 
my mouse isn't showing up on screen. Obviously, they're like lizards jumping at a, a Spider-Man. Electro's jumping at another Spider-Man. So clearly, they CGI'd two Spider-Man out. Uh, and if you watch, I think it's the Brazilian trailer. Like it clearly shows Lizard getting hit. Yeah, you don't see it in this. Oh, they're fighting on top of the Statue of Liberty. I didn't notice that before. Straight rip from Amazing Spider-Man 2. And that's the trailer. Like. What's happening? They're um, starting to come through. And I can't stop them. December 7th. Yep, okay. So that's that's the trailer. That's the trailer. Uh, it looks... I mean, like, the general reception's been pretty positive. 2.4 million likes. Uh, you know, top comments. I really want them to show Defoe's face so badly. It's been about 20 years since the OG Spider-Man was out. The hype for this film is unreal. Way to go, Marvel and Sony. Uh, no Way Home will undoubtedly be the Spider-Man movie that every childhood fan has always longed to see, bringing together all villains and Spider-Mans. I haven't felt this hype for a Marvel movie in years. I really hope it's good. Can't wait to see it next month. Wish Stan Lee could have seen and experienced this crazy movie. Imagine how happy he'd be to see all these movies come together. So on and so forth. Like, you know, eh, most people are like really, really hyped for this movie. Here's my thing. First off, this trailer didn't really do a lot for me. There wasn't, like, any particular shot that I found compelling or that I just found to be... Yeah, maybe this. I, the the shot where Peter's getting punched out of, like, you know, ethereal punched. It's a neat little shot from coming in from Doctor Strange. Most of these shots are just kind of basic and, you know, like, nothing too special. Uh, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it didn't really interest me. Like, I, Ever look, since I got no, don't want to start that over again. <sighs> look, Spider-Man's my favorite superhero of all time. I really, I really have not had a huge problem with many of the other Spider-Man movies. Uh, you know, Sam Raimi 1 was good. Raimi 2 was great. Uh, three, it's fun, it's enjoyable, if not, like, really flawed. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I think, is pretty good. Amazing Spider-Man 2 has some cool ideas that just fell apart in execution. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I thought, was good. I think it's solid. Uh, I don't like, and this is my general problem with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he just can't stand on his own as Spider-Man. He has to come in in Civil War and be on Team Iron Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. He has to be Tony Stark's sidekick in Spider-Man Far From Home. He has to fight Tony Stark's ex-employees. And now in this, he has to team up with Doctor Strange uh, to fix something that he caused. And he has to fight spider-man villains that are not his spider-man villains and and this is just kind of like i feel like with each spider mcu spider-man movie this frustration has grown because i did not like 
far from home all that much. Um, and it's just, it, it's frustrating because I just really want like a classic Spider-Man story where he faces off with a villain that he either knows or that has a, this deep emotional relationship with him. This is why I really love a lot of Spider-Man villains is that many of them have this personal relationship with either Peter Parker or Spider-Man or both. Otto Octavius uh, in the comics had a thing with Aunt May for a little bit. He uh, or, you know, he was the mentor of Peter Parker or something like that. They have this personal relationship and Doc Ock has always kind of gone from being a good guy to a bad guy. He's kind of ridden the line of being the anti-hero a few times. He became the superior Spider-Man. Um, you know, even someone like Sandman, because of his fighting with Spider-Man, that inspired Sandman to become a better person to the point where he actually became an Avenger. That's what makes Spider-Man compelling is this re he he doesn't just fight villains and put them away. He has a relationship with them. He builds rapport with them, regardless of how evil they are. There's some sort of of a relationship at least among the best villains and what has been lacking here with the mcu spider-man vulture great villain i think he's one of the best because he's just this working dude trying to provide for his family he has a bit of a relationship with peter because peter dated took his daughter to a dance i guess but that's the issue is that that's really the extent of the relationship between vulture and Peter and then Vulture and Spider-Man is just Spider-Man keeps foiling his plans and that's it. His his beef is with Tony Stark. His beef is with Iron Man. So it just felt like an Iron Man movie that Peter Parker just got injected into. Far From Home was very similar in that fact in that in that space is uh even though at this point Tony's dead, he's Peter's still having to fight against Mysterio, whose main beef is with Tony Stark. To Mysterio is pretty much just like, yeah, I'm just going, I just want to pee on Tony's grave, which is in a spiritual, or like in a metaphorical sense. That's like his big plan is to just kind of ruin Tony Stark's legacy. And Peter Parker just happens to keep getting in the way. That's not that interesting to me. And I... Personally, like people love Mysterio. I don't. I didn't like him <laughs> that much. He was just this petty ex-employee who wants to piss on a dead man's grave. That's pretty much all he wanted to do. <laughs> so I, there's that. And then with this, Peter's facing off against the Green Goblin that fought Tobey Maguire, facing off against the Lizard who fought Andrew Garfield, the Sandman that faced off against Tobey Maguire, the. Uh, the Electro that faced off against Andrew Garfield. There's no villain in the, at least that has been shown in the trailer that has an actual connection to this Peter Parker. So Peter Parker has once again, just been thrown into somebody else's story, which is why I'm not a huge fan of Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And I let, I like him less with each movie. He's in. <laughs> on top of the fact that he's just a whiny brat by at this point, dude, you've been Spider-Man since at least 2016 you've been spider-man for five years and assuming you started when you were in high school you should be in college you should be around my age quit whining all the freaking time holy crap like 
He's just getting more and more annoying because he continues to be childish, even though at this point he should have he should be showing some emotional growth. That being said, in terms of the trailer, my my biggest worries because of watching it was just it feels like they're trying to force feed me member berries. And if you're not familiar with that little phrase, uh, South Park, which I binge watched last year, <laughs> like the entire show, seasons one through like 24. And I think about 20, season 21, uh, they for like a four or five season stint, they decided it was going to be a good idea to try to turn their each season into a overall story arc, which didn't work all that well. But they introduced this concept called Member Berries in 2016, around when Force Awakens came out, to make fun of Force Awakens. Basically saying, these are just these little berries that that these companies give you to eat, and they're just in there like, Member, member Star Wars? Member Chewbacca? Member Han Solo? Member? Like that. <laughs> They just sit there and they just like poke you and they're like, hey, remember this from your childhood? Remember this from your childhood? And to, like member berries is annoying because you see it more and more now with so many properties because they're constantly trying to go back and revive dead properties or trying to just continue properties. And then all they rely on is either member berries or just pissing on the original content. It's one way or another. They either member berries it to try to get the widest amount of audience possible and people will just be like, oh yeah, I remember that. And suddenly it's like the best movie of the year or they decide to burn the original content in a fire to make a social statement. <laughs> to loudly say, we rejected the original story because that's not acceptable. And then just to piss the fans off and then to point at the fans and be like, oh wow, how awful human beings you are. There has to be that kind of balance. Like, it's it's fine to have fan service, right? If you do it in a respectful way that doesn't insult your audience's intelligence to make them just go, hey, look, this is what we're trying to recreate. If Take Ghostbusters Afterlife, for example. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it this week. But from what I see, a lot of critics are pissed off that they have fan service in it with like stay puff marshmallow man the ectoplasm one to an extent that stuff is acceptable as long as it's trying to recreate the feel or at the very least reincorporate the world into your story uh so if you're gonna make ghostbusters afterlife of course include the ectoplasm one of course have like an orchestral arrangement of the original ray williams jr i think that's his name the ray williams jr ghostbusters theme that's fine because that reinvigorates that feeling from the movie and that feeling of nostalgia but it doesn't beat you over the head with like oh here's slimer and now here's gozar and here's the the dogs and here's uh, Rick Moranis and the secretary lady whose name is escaping me. We even reanimated uh, uh, Harold. What's his name? Harold Ramis. We we re reanimated Harold Ramis's dead body so he could come in and we were pulling him like puppets on a screen so we could have Igor in this movie. Like that's to a point where it's just insulting your intelligence, not telling a good story, and 
hoping that you'll just be so blinded by nostalgia that you'll just clap your hands and love the movie and eat it up. And it feel, from the trailer, it felt like it leaned way too heavily into the member berries territory instead of just regular fan service. And why that's important is that I feel like I'm watching it and I feel like my intelligence is being insulted. Right, I'm fine with like movies that are fun, that are just kind of these wild roller coaster rides that you just kind of sit down and experience a thrill for two hours. But my issue is, I can't have that all the time. I want to watch something that has substance. I want to watch something that makes me feel genuine emotions, or that's trying to portray something that I didn't think of before. A lot of the movies that I've come to love... uh say like 12 Angry Men, favorite movie of all time. The reason being is not that I sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, look, there's 1950s stuff. I don't know. <laughs> no, what, what, why that movie is my favorite movie ever made is because it has made me contemplate how I approach arguments with people. It has made me contemplate how to communicate with different types of people from different types of background. And it so eloquently shows different types of people sitting in a room together trying to figure out the answer to a question. And that's something you see a lot, like, nowadays. Heck, even last week with the whole, with, with, with jury deliberations, are all these people from vast different backgrounds and understandings of the world trying to come to a conclusion about certain trials or about certain crimes. And nowadays, it's expanded to this global idea through social media where it's now not just 12 people sitting in a room trying to deliberate and figure out if someone's guilty or innocent. It is now the entire globe. It's everyone on the internet sitting behind, in front of a camera behind a mic go, trying to go piece by piece figuring out what the answer is and then yelling at each other and it becomes lost in the sauce because they're not in the same room as each other and they're not trying to understand each other. It's just screaming back and forth. That being said, that's why that movie stood the test of time. That's why that movie's my favorite movie ever made. That's why it's so highly regarded is because it addresses something culturally, uh, something about human nature that doesn't beat you over the head and insult your intelligence about it, but allows you to just see and experience human discourse. That's not, and I, I'm not saying Spider-Man No Way Home has to be like that. It doesn't. It can be a fun superhero movie. All I ask is that you don't insult my intelligence by just trying to throw in everything from the Raimi trilogy, everything from the Amazing Spider-Man duology, Everything you can think of without actually having a substantive story that can stand on its own. Because, I'm going to be honest, besides the sheer impact of the box office numbers, I haven't thought about Endgame. I don't think Endgame will be a massive movie 10 years from now, from now without its historical significance in the box office returns. If the MCU ceases in three or four years and the MCU's done, in 2030, 2035, 2040, I highly doubt people are going to be talking about stuff like Avengers Endgame. 
I don't think, and I say this as someone who enjoyed the movie, but at the end of the day, it was an event. It was a thrill. Unless you are highly into that section of fandom or culture, no one's really going to care about Avengers Endgame. And I, and I might eat my words on that because MCU has kind of transcended culture in that that regard. But just think of it, think of it like a roller coaster. Only people who are really into roller coasters and theme park culture are talking about roller coasters, right? No one's going, oh, I I just got off of I went on this ride five months ago, a year ago, five years ago. And like, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to really, I'm going to really explain my thoughts on this and, and, and show it to my kids. No, you don't think about specific roller coasters because ro- roller coasters are there just for a temporary thrill. And as long as it gets the job done, most people are going to get off and go, that was really fun. I'll have to remember to take my kids to this whenever we come back next time. And if you don't remember, you don't remember. And that's no big deal. They're temporary. They're there just for the thrill, and you get on, sit down, get off. And that's what this movie's seeming to be like, at the very most. And I wish it would be something more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that that was like my biggest issue with it. I, obviously, it confirms a lot of the leaks that have been coming out, uh, although there have been some reports of rewrites on script and this is another big worry where they were rewriting like they shot with the unfinished script which is not good some movies work out that fine that way but it's really it's really nerve-wracking to go and see a movie that's supposed to be this a part of this planned shared universe that is supposed to be so intricately crafted and this is a big movie in that where they didn't have a finished script when they started shooting and they finally finished it, shot the final scene, and the lead actor said, yeah, no, I don't like that. So he goes and talks to the director and they have to rewrite the end of the movie because the actor, and I'm not saying this to trash on Tom Holland at all. I'm just saying they rewrote the movie because the lead actor didn't like how it ended. And this is supposed to be like a shared universe, something that's supposed to be intricately detailed and planned out. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these MCU movies are now dealing with that kind of stuff of actors stepping in to go, no, I don't like this. Let's change it. Or, hey, we'll just start shooting. It'll be fine. We just have to meet the deadline. And I wouldn't be surprised if this universe falls apart narratively and uh, like lore wise, world building wise, because what worked about MCU phases one through three was most of this was meticulously planned out they had a plan they knew exactly how they wanted to hit each beats each movie came out when it was supposed to uh to develop the certain the certain plot beats that would maintain this continuity but now the continuity is beginning to shake and crumble there's already been continuity breaking events that have happened um and so it it's it's a little worrying in terms of the narrative of the MCU, but there's that. I mean, the production troubles is one thing, so it's just kind of like I wouldn't be surprised if this you go and see this movie and it feels like something that was just kind of thrown together. 
Uh, so be prepared for that. <laughs> um, I'm looking over my notes. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, that humor was not great. I don't know if it's just my MCU humor meter is just kind of depleted. But I remember liking the quips at the very least. But with this, it was just... The quips felt forced rather than kind of natural. And I think losing people like Chris Evans, Tony Stark, I mean, Robert, geez, Robert Downey Jr., uh, people like that who are just so naturally witty is going to hurt a lot. Uh, I know like Paul Rudd, he, he can probably support that a little bit. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch is much better as the serious actor. Tom Holland hasn't been in the industry long enough for me to even know what his what what style of acting fits him best but yeah the humor in this did not make me laugh like it made me cringe honestly um yeah i mean i pretty much covered everything that i had written down here i just didn't go in order so now i'm just having to catch up but yeah it this is going to be a shorter episode because I am talking about a trailer. I'm surprised I've talked about it for almost 40 minutes. But at the end of the day, this I'm worried about this movie. I, when it was announced, I was like, sure, yeah, I love Spider-Man. But now with every bit of information that comes out, every trailer, I'm just getting less and less hyped rather than more and more hyped because I see this as this meaningless, to steal Sean Chandler's phrase, a meaningless Taco Bell movie. And Taco Bell movies aren't satisfying me anymore. Uh, Red Notice came out last week, I think, a week or two ago. Look, if you like Taco Bell movies, you can sit down and enjoy it fine. The issue is I sat down and watched it, and it should have ticked off all the boxes for me. I like dumb action movies. I like to turn my brain off and just kind of enjoy some massive stars. I love Fat, uh, Fast and Furious 5, whatever that one's called. <laughs> um that's a perfect example of a taco bell movie that works for me and this movie should have been done the same thing but instead i just felt like my brain was being bashed in and my intelligence was being insulted and i'm worried that's what this movie's gonna be and i i'm worried i'm like i'm genuinely worried now i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna hate this movie and that's not what a trailer should leave me with right i haven't hated a single in well no i haven't hated a single mcu movie yet there's been a handful that i didn't like but there's been there's hasn't been one that has just pissed me off or that i'm just like wow this movie sucks captain marvel came close black widow honestly the more i sit on it the less i like it uh iron man 2 was frustrating but not it didn't i didn't hate it but I'm genuinely worried I might go in and hate this movie because this is Spider-Man. This is a character that has transcended generations that people my dad's age, people my grandparents' age love, people my age, people my brother's age love for a reason. People love this character because he can represent all of us. He can tell stories that we connect with, that we that we can feel inherently. 
be inspired by because every time he keeps getting knocked down, he keeps getting pushed down, he faces so many hardships in life, and he keeps standing back up, pushing back, fighting back, believing in the good of individuals, doing good while believing in good. He falls sometimes, but he always gets back up. That's why people love this character. And I I watched this trailer and it just feels corporate. It feels lazy. It feels like they didn't have a proper story put together. So they decided to rely solely on nostalgia and hope people will just eat it up because they can see William Defoe as the Green Goblin again or... Jamie Foxx as Electro, or see CGI Lizard, or um, William Hayden Church as Sandman, and hope people will just go, oh, look at all the villains from the old Spider-Man movies, oh my gosh, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire, and for me, that doesn't do it anymore. I expect more out of movies because I continue to see super, even like superhero TV shows and movies that don't insult your intelligence, that try to do something with their premise, even if they fail, even if the movies aren't that great. I appreciate those movies more because they're willing to step out and do something, not necessarily... Not even like genre-wise or step into like, oh, we're going to be weird and quirky. Genuinely try to put effort into a story that will connect to people. Something like Legion. Something that's so trippy and weird that explores your subconscious and the human subconscious and, and the fractured psyche of individuals. That's interesting. That is weird. It's trippy. It's stylized. But also narratively, it is compelling it is interesting it connects to the human spirit something like spider-man no way home spider-man far from home even avengers endgame those are just taco bell movies those are movies that you sit down you absorb and then at least for me never think about again only except only to go wow that was stupid in that movie wow they didn't do that particularly well (laughs) And at this point, I'd much rather see something like The Boys, something like Invincible, something that tries to push the envelope narrative, narratively. I'm not talking about blood and gore or dropping F-bombs. I'm talking about telling stories that connect to the human spirit. Because at the end of the day, that's that's why stories have transcended time. Going back all the way to biblical times, Jesus told parables that we still tell today because it connects to the human spirit. That's why we talk about the Odyssey. That's why we talk about uh, Jason and the Golden Fleece. That's why we talk about certain mythological figures over other mythological figures. Is because there are stories out there that inherently connect to the human spirit that we carry with us culturally from generation to generation to generation that continue to inspire us, that continue to hold us captive. And my biggest worry is that the MCU is now devolving into something that 
can easily be made fun of as something like the Fast and Furious franchise or something like the Kissing Booth, where it's just meaningless nonsense that we'll just sit down, watch, make fun of, and then get up, leave the theaters, and go on our ways. And unlike the Kissing Booth or Fast and Furious franchise or something like that, Transformers franchise, these these characters deserve a lot more than that. They These characters have been around for a long time be, for a reason. And movies like this worry me that they're just going to go on to make these characters suck. They're going to crap on their legacy. And their importance to culture will just go away because some people wanted to make some money. There's power in stories. There's power in characters. There's power in conflict. But when you don't put effort into any of that, you're going to fade away. You're going to make your money. You're going to go sit in your mansion. And movies like these will just fade into the background while we make the way for the new Godfather. And not in like a sequel, but like a movie that will be on the level of the Godfather. right? The next Uncut Gems. The next The Father. Movies that inherently connect to your human psyche. Movies that will stick with you. Something like Titan, which I don't know if I recommend, but at the very least, it stuck with me because it told a story. It told a story that connects to the human spirit while also being incredibly shocking and like horrifying. <laughs> that the imagery in and of itself is going to stick with me, but it left me... It is one of the few movies this year that have come out that has left me just sitting there contemplating it. I never sat and contemplated Shang-Chi, never sat and contemplated... Uh, whatever, I just lost the word that I used like five times. I never sat and contemplated... There it is. Never sat and comp contemplated Black Widow. I highly doubt I'm going to sit and contemplate this movie. I'm not saying they have to be high art, you know, high art... Uh, films that film scholars will go over and be like what is this shot but i just i want something that will grip me i want something that will pull me in and go wow this story was good i can connect on a human level with this and it has made me feel emotions that don't feel artificial and especially with this movie it feels like this is just going to be a corporate product for the kids to go, oh, superheroes, for the ki people who grew up watching Spider-Man movies to go, oh, I remember those characters. And for the adults to go and sit down and go, what? Because <laughs> for the most part, adults have no connection to to these movies at the very, like, older adults. So I, I don't know. If anything, this trailer has made me less excited for this movie. Um, I'm not saying it won't be good. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to hate it or that you shouldn't go see it. I'm just saying I was going to go see it before watching the trailer, but watching the trailer has made me question whether or not I will make time to go see it.
The only reason I watched Shang-Chi was because I just, I had some time. I had a free afternoon that I had nothing going on, didn't really want to sit in the house all day, so I was just like, screw it, I'll go see Shang-Chi because I got nothing better to do. I really don't want to say that about a movie starring my favorite superhero of all time. <laughs> and yet here we are. Yeah. Well, that's my trailer reaction. It went on for almost 50 minutes. I, <laughs> I, you know, me and my big mouth, I can, I can last, I can last almost an hour talking just about a five minute trailer. Not even that, like a three minute trailer. Well, let's enjoy, let, let's, let's be a little positive. Uh, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, I am thankful for, uh, all of you who are watching this right now. I am thankful for my family. I am thankful for my friends. I am thankful that I have, I've been able to get some cool stuff for myself to help set up this podcast, to help set up a little theater area I have, to help set up future projects that I really I really want to go through with, um, but most importantly, I'm thankful for these movies that I'm going to recommend to you this week. That was a joke, but <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. I swear. I, this is not what I'm most thankful for, but had to do a transition somehow. So being Thanksgiving, I'm going to give you three movies this week that are going to be kind of fall related, kind of Thanksgiving-y but mostly movies that will make you feel good and make you feel thankful uh, for the world or you live in or for your life. Movies that will just like warm your heart, make you want to sit down with your family and just enjoy a nice family evening with them because at the end of the day, I feel that's what Thanksgiving's all about. Coming together with people, sitting down with each other, giving thanks for their presence and just enjoying time together. So this Thanksgiving, I highly recommend you watch these three movies. First off, Fantastic Mr. Fox, my favorite Wes Anderson movie, one of my favorite movies ever made. Uh, this movie has very good stop motion animation. I love the look of it. It incorporates the Wes Anderson style perfectly. It's a great just fall movie the fall colors the oranges the reds the yellows are just beautiful uh just there's so much in-depth character analysis that can be brought from this movie in particular but it's also a movie where you can just enjoy the family dynamic and just engage with this man who's just desperately trying to provide for his family regardless of the consequences trying to struggle with this inherent selfishness he has as well where he wants to provide for his family but he continues to give in to greed and to something that he got uh, almost addiction from, honestly, right? It, you could read it as a movie about somewhat addiction and how it ruins his family. <laughs> um, like I said, there you can pull some stuff from here. Um, but it's also just a funny movie. It's a great movie. Highly recommend it. Family friendly. Um, watch it with the whole family. It is, it's a classic Next, I recommend The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I don't know if I've put this on the weekly recommendations yet. I feel like I have, but even so, this movie is like the ultimate feel-good movie, the ultimate inspirational movie to see this man just go to the links, to the ends of the earth, or at least to Iceland, 
to put together the story to achieve his uh, goals while also trying to somehow connect with this woman that he feels attracted to, but he doesn't quite know how to approach her. Uh, I very much connect with Walter Mitty. I am very awkward around women. <laughs> um, but also just this this beautiful story with some beautiful imagery. The fact that you continue to go into this man's head who has big ambitions, but he's so he's so in his own mind about things that he can't ever take the initiative to take that step and learning to take that step eventually is, is, is just a beautiful story. I really enjoyed it. And then finally we got Finch. I literally just wrapped up watching it as, <laughs> as I, right before I recorded. And it is, it's a new movie on Apple TV plus. Uh, if you have that, if you don't steal a friend's, password or something i don't know um it stars tom hanks in this post-apocalyptic world where he builds a robot named jeff and he tries to teach the robot how to navigate this world and he's it, it's this relationship between the two where finch sees jeff as just a piece of machinery but as the movie goes on he sees him more as human and he and jeff learns what it means to be human and there's some sad moments, but there's some moments that you just sit there and you go, oh, you know, it's just a, it's one of those movies that gives you a real warm little feeling in your chest. This tender movie about the relationship between a man, a robot and a dog. And it's just it's pretty good. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, and then an extra recommendation. I know for a fact I've already recommended this. Um, but if you want something that's a bit more rated R, a little more adult, so for your like college friends, go watch Coda. Uh, I didn't have a graphic, but I just wanted to throw that in there because Coda is also a perfect feel-good movie. Uh, it is definitely going to be in my top 20 of the year. It's just that good of a movie. Um, and speaking of which, I continue to view 2021 movies we are almost a month away from the end of the year and at the end of the year i will drop a top 20 uh bottom 10 movies of 2021 and i will also probably drop an episode where i rank every single movie i've seen this year so be on the lookout for that and that has been the show uh Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're listening on any audio podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, anywhere else, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or rumble, give us a thumbs up or a rumble plus sign, whatever it is on there. Leave me a comment down below. What did you think of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you somewhere in between? Are you kind of like, eh? Or are you like, this trailer sucks? Are you? Did this change your mind at all on whether or not you're going to go see the new Spider-Man movie? Or are you still going to see it? Or you were already going to see it? Um, and then let me know what you're thankful for. It is Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. This has been the Cinema Lounge Podcast. My name has been Garrett, your host. We chilled. We talked about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And yeah, that's it. I love you all. I hope you guys have a great night or a great morning whenever you watch or listen to this. Uh, and yeah, always remember, 
give thanks. <laughs> give thanks for what you have because things could always be worse. And also, engage with the movies you watch because you will get so much more from the good movies, but you will also learn how to filter out the trash movies. Use discernment. Dang, that was actually pretty good. I'm proud of myself on that one. Spider-Man, Spider-Man.